tight end university makes sense to sustain a level of quality in the NFL in in a, in a league that all these guys love to be a part of. Mm -hmm. And then the same thing is if we love our faith, we want to sustain it as best we can and, and pass it on to generations to come. So. What is up, you guys? Okay, we cannot use this that tone of voice on the podcast. Why not? <laughs> Will does this thing where he says... Butterfinger foot lettuce. Have you ever seen that video? Uh, no. No. All right, anyways. Uh, <laughs> dude, so we, 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 as we mentioned, we, we went to the great state of Kansas last, week, or last mm -hmm. weekend. Uh, also, it's... I guess for them, it's been a week since I bashed Kansas, but okay, for us, so. it's been 30 minutes. Yeah. Kansans, I'm sorry. You Nebraskans, should. I'm not sorry at all. Kansans, I'm sorry. How about that? Is that okay? Amen. Okay. That's good. Um, so, <laughs> anyways, uh, yeah, so we, that's an awkward angle. Basically, uh, yeah, we went to Lawrence, mm -hmm. talked about our first round at Sunflower Hills, and then the next day, so I was sitting, we were sitting after, after our classes, we're being trained how to become team directors We're so well for, trained right for, now for focus right now mm -hmm. so um after one of our classes will's like hey dude why don't we play another ground on sunday i thought because what's better than one golf round in uh, two golf rounds come on so and, and especially because the sunday lead man come on so anyways so we, we played this round of golf at the at the course the the public course in lawrence kansas it's called, Beautiful e course. It's called eagle bend it is a good i'm course. used to all these austin public courses which are uh Terrible. <laughs> and I was blown away, honestly. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty standard for a public course in Kansas. Good for Kansas. Um, Love you, Kansas. But anyway, so Eagle Bend wow. is... Eagle Bend, I'll, I'll just preface this to you guys. It's a course that lives in my head. And, mm -hmm. um, and, and basically, if you don't know golf very well, it's what they call a, a, a link-style golf course, which means that there's not really a lot... It's a pretty flat course. So the course we played, Sunflower Hills, is pretty hilly. It's kind of wide open in some sense. Which senses. you never would have thought. But there's trees. Yeah, Kansas is not as flat as you think, guys. It's not. Anyways. It's like they should put it in the name or something. <laughs> but anyways. Uh, Sunflower Hills. You see what I was doing there now? Oh, I yeah. realized you weren't There we go. But anyway, so so this link, it's a, so Eagle Bend is this link-style course where there's basically, there's tree, there's a lot of trees on the perimeter. There were a lot of, of eagles, too. Yeah. We saw a lot of eagles, yeah. on actually. The on the perimeter of the course, there's there. a ton of trees. So this is, mm -hmm. the cool thing about Eagle Bend is you don't realize you're, you feel like you're not in society while you're out there because it's just, there's nothing around the course. But there's just a bunch of trees. And I then, almost, I almost said it's because there's nothing in Kansas, but I decided not to. That's how much I've matured, Kansans. Love y'all. This is just disrespect. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, basically what they do instead of having this course that's completely wide open and you can just hit miss hit anywhere and then get, save yourself, there's a lot of tall grass. So you're, you're not going to find your ball if it goes in it. Um, I think I lost six balls. Yeah. And that, I found maybe eight, which was nice. I was net positive on the day, but I think I lost six balls. It's a, it's a course where you're going to have to just deal with the fact that you're going to have some penalty strokes. Yeah. And so it, because of that, I learned how to play golf on this course. So I've had a lot of bad rounds of golf on this course. So anyways, I told Will, I prefaced him about it. I, I gave him a little pep talk, I think, the night before about how mm -hmm. it worked. And it's usually a really windy course, and, but it's not, it wasn't windy on Sunday, but anyways, uh, 
I thought we both played pretty well. I actually played my best round I've ever played there, which is a 91. So I was really ecstatic. Didn't play too well on the front nine. Kind of was my typical Eagle Bend front nine where I was felt like I was playing better than my score because mm-hmm. I was playing better than my score because I was losing golf balls. So, um, but then the back nine. You had some I, great drives. Yeah, I did, I, the driver kind of came back together. But then on the back nine, back nine, I parred the first three holes of the back nine. And that, that was really big and, and uh, ended up shooting a I shot a 48 front nine, 43 back nine for a 91. So I was pretty excited about it. No, that was awesome. I, uh, there were times on that course where I think I played my best golf I've ever played. Dude, Will was, play- Will was kicking my butt for part of it. There was, I think I had, what, three pars in a row, which mm-hmm. I've never done before. Yeah, you did. But the kicker, ladies and gentlemen, is that I also had three, I had like, I think I had five pars total, maybe, yeah. and then five triples total. Yeah. Which I, you just can't be more inconsistent than that. And so I shot a 101 on the day. Uh, we were coming up to 17, and we had a par three and a par five left. And Aiden looks at me. I don't. I don't really like adding up my score as I go, because then I just get in my head. And Aiden looks at me and says, "If you don't fall apart in these next two holes, you should break 100." And what do we do? We fell apart. I shot. I tripled that par three. Yeah, my apologies. Hey, no, no, I'm not. Bl- I'm not blaming you at all. I should be tougher. I mentally. was trying to. I was trying to. Hide I know. You I know. I know. But that when it all started with that tee shot on the par three that I duffed and it went in the water. Oh yeah. That's what started it, and then all yeah. my confidence was shot. Um, yeah, that can be a tough. That's a tough uh, par three because yeah. it, the wind usually is coming at you. I wish I could blame the wind for my shot. You know. Oh, yeah. Because it was just terrible. But anyway, so I shot a 101 on the day. It's better than a 100 because I've shot a 100 twice, and that just mm-hmm. pisses me off. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, essentially, we're getting better. I mean, like, uh-huh. they, you know, I had those pars, which felt good. Uh-huh. Um, but the Lord just said, not today, Will. He said, not today. Well, and to think about it, I mean... <clears throat> Playing on a course you've never played on before and almost breaking your personal best is pretty impressive. I think. Um, and so that's, I told that to Will. I mean, it's like if you've never broke 100 before, so you're you're kind of hoping to have your best rec all round of your life on a course you've literally never seen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was it was a good round. Nevertheless, uh, he persisted. But it was a great it was a great day on the course, uh, and then we we promptly hit the hit the road after that drove back up to the land of corn, mm. um, and so Ooh. yeah. So. It's okay. I think my attitude's gotten better since being here. I'm, Nebraska's warming up to me. I'm warming up to Nebraska. That's I, what I mean. Yeah, I mean I'm not really a fan of Nebraska, but uh, I'm a fan of the people I'm around. Amen. Amen. So. Nebraska is not a place; it's a people. I have kind of a low-key beef with Nebraska just because they used to be a Big 12 rival. Um, and so I just don't – I'm not a big fan. But it's did, probably did good people. Did you know? It's listener? probably good people. Oh, I know, I know people who listen to this who are from Nebraska. I love you. I'm just talking about – I, don't know I, I, pro- I probably wouldn't move Nebraska. to the state of Nebraska. Just like, yeah. You know. I didn't know, fun fact, that Nebraska is directly south of South Dakota. <laughs> And when I, t- I talked to my dad on the phone yesterday, and I told him that, he said, what? And I said, I know, Dad. That's how far north I am. That's how far north this country boy is right now. And you know what, Nebraska, and slightly Kansas, the hate's probably just coming from I'm scared, you know? I, is it going to snow tomorrow? It's I don't not know. that north, though. It is. We're in the southern half of the state. I know, but it's still, to say that South Dakota is the state directly north of me is kind of a wild statement. We had smog blow in. 
from a wildfire in Canada. That is true. Canada never enters my brain in Texas <laughs> or Alabama. I don't think about it. I think about Mexico. <laughs> That's funny because in Kansas, we're the exact middle. So I think about both. Yeah. Wow. How long my, do you think about them? <laughs> I don't know. My, my thing is always, if anybody, this is probably the same. I don't know if it's the same for Nebraska. Probably. My thing is always, if anybody, if we're in a, in a really bad spot as a country, mm. in the enemy lines, enemy gets to Kansas, I've already known I'm, I'm a goner for days. Wait, we're, why? we're in the heart oh, of the country, yeah, the yeah, exact yeah, center. So far. if, if mm-hmm. they get to Kansas, I've known I was screwed. Mm. But, but, yeah. That's good self-knowledge. Anyway, we're, um, we're picking back up with Acts 2.42 today, and we are talking about fellowship, the second part. Um, if you remember, we started talking about Acts 2.42 as kind of a, a way to get a benchmark maybe for where you're at in your faith and some practical ways to grow. Uh, it's, what, what's the phrase for disciple, the way of a disciple? Is that the, what ha- the habits of a disciple. Habits of a disciple. Yep. Uh, just to read it one more time, Acts 2.42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. So we talked about apostles' teaching last week. This week we'll be talking about fellowship. So Aiden, what, um, what has fellowship looked like in your experience, in your faith? Um, well, I think there's, um, I mean, really, fellowship can be the difference between having a perceived good faith to getting to have a great faith, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can do, obviously, the sacraments in, the, in your prayer life are more important than your fellowship. Um, and we'll go over those in the coming weeks. But fellowship is probably, if you don't have good fellowship, you have a really hard time doing anything else in your faith mm-hmm. because you don't have anybody around you who's also pursuing Christ. And you can look at it, I mean, it's all these things are so relatable to anything else. I mean, you know, people say you, you know, you are pretty much who your five best friends are, is, is who you yeah, are. Product, yeah. um, or, or any of those things like you just need it makes sense that if you're trying to live a faithful life pursuing Christ you need to be surrounded around people who are pursuing Christ and in my own life I think that was a big game changer because as a student going into KU I really didn't have my faith life was basically going to mass on Sunday praying occasionally and then not really much at all. So at KU, my first couple of years, it was I'd go to mass and pray here and there, but um, then I'd go to the fraternity and I wouldn't really bring up Jesus and at all for mm-hmm. six days. And there's really no way to build on your faith if that's just how it is. And so for me, it was meeting meeting guys uh, through focus uh, and getting in a Bible study, meeting missionaries, and just developing actual friendships with other guys who were pursuing Christ. That really made the difference and put me in this position today. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's the idea that we're we are not we're if we believe that we're made for relationship, that means that we're not made to be alone. Yeah. Uh, and especially when it comes to our faith, uh, our priest or chaplain at UT has a line where he says, um, "Your your faith in the church is not meant to grow in rows, but in circles." So if you think about it, like. Your fellowship for your Catholic faith should go beyond the pew you sit in every Sunday at Mass. It should be a community. Um, and so one of the like practical ways we see that lived out is Bible studies or small groups or uh, rosary groups. Um, 
having brothers and sisters in Christ that you can talk about the faith with, share the faith with, grow in the faith with, um, is really a game changer. And for me, in my own life, um, kind of one of the reasons why I'm a missionary is because Focus was one of the first places where I found Catholic community, and I really saw my conversion take deeper roots um, when I had brothers that were in the church to lean on, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's um, yeah. <laughs> I kind of spaced out, but I heard what you said, Will. On hey, past I, times, I, I kind of spaced out and don't hear what you said. <laughs> uh, no, I think it's, uh, I, I was just kind of thinking about in terms of, so a couple weeks ago, you guys heard my new favorite phrase, um, if you're going to piss like a puppy, stay on the porch and let the big dogs eat. And and so kind of the, the that is a really good phrase in terms of owning your faith and going out and, and evangelizing and spreading the word. Um, because we don't want to sit and be scared and huddle, but you need people to go. You need like you need a community to build you up, but you don't want it to become this hot tub Catholicism or Christianity where you only intermingle with people who believe exactly what you believe. Yeah, you don't want to be in an echo chamber. But but you also need people to go back to, to fill you up. And, I, yeah. And so you need, so so kind of, you know, how I've illustrated to guys how a Newman Center should work is is you'll have, you'll have uh, some guys where the Newman Center should be a gas station. So you should have, you should be going there to fill up, but it shouldn't be, I just... I I only know people from there, because if it, if you only know people from there, then how are you going to reach the nations and reach people and, and spread the word and and whatnot? But then I think a lot of the problems that you know some of our friends encounter when they leave college and enter into the professional life in parishes is there there is no there there is if you seek it out, but not a ton of it. But there's a lot of just I go to mass on Sunday and then I go home and I don't have anybody. Kind of the same thing I was talking about freshman year of college. Yeah, well, I think a, a good Im- good imagery for it is kind of the, the lingo focus, use, focus uses for it is the reservoir versus the channel. So you have these two entities which uh, provide water. One, you have the channel, which essentially acts as like a passive river. Like it, water flows from point A to point B pretty much uninhibited. You have that option or you have a reservoir which carries and shares water uh, out of an abundance. So when we apply that to this example, it's like, are you, you can't be a channel with your faith. You can't just be kind of living it by yourself, passively passing, uh, and passing your faith and sharing it from a point where you aren't filled up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you need to be that reservoir. You need to be filled up before you go out. And so growing in fellowship is those areas where you are, you are filled up. Did I explain that metaphor well? I kind of yeah. got lost in it. I think it makes sense. It made sense in my head. but um, And so, yeah, it's the idea that you want to, you don't want to be in an echo chamber, but you want that those people to go with. So you need to find that that core group of, of fellow believers who you can build up and who can build you up because that's one of the ways we grow in our faith in that, in that model of discipleship and then go out with them and, and share the faith. Yeah, it's it's... It's like anything, like you can't, things are a lot easier when you decide to just have, involve other people. 
you know. Yeah, and we're, we're not meant to, we are not meant to be alone. We're not meant to do it alone. It's like, I mean, if you want to use the example, like I would be a terrible golfer if I didn't send videos to Aiden or some of our other friends and ask for help on my swing or get lessons, right? Um, and it would not be as fun if I just did it by myself and yeah. didn't have community around it. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I think it's a pretty... It's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, it's pretty self-explanatory. But, but then it is important to note that not all, not all friendships are fellowship in the context of faith. Mm-hmm. And so you can have a ton of... That was something I actually realized in college is I realized that I actually didn't have... I didn't really have outside of John Michael. He, so so I, I, my first Bible study leader, his name was Connor. Once he left... Outside of John Michael, maybe another couple guys, um, I really didn't have any legit fellowship um, uh, in my fraternity, and, and that's like something that you join for fellowship. Mm-hmm. But it's like all I'm doing, and with my, a lot of my fraternity brothers, is talking to them about um, like sports and girls, and I don't know things about their lives. I'm not really, we're not really helping each other grow towards anything. It's not really real friendship. Yeah, it's just we're kind of just it's a it's it's a friendship, but it's not it's not an, an authentic friendship's the term, um, one that's actually building each other up to become saints, which is what we're called to be. And I'll, can I say something really quick? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, a caveat like I have a number of non-Catholic faithful friends that I'm very close to and help build me up. So yeah. I, you know, it maybe you. Uh, are in a situation where you feel isolated and, and you don't know many good faithful Catholics. I think, yeah. um, which is one of the reasons why uh, Aiden and I have a job. But yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of nuance to it. Yeah, there is. But I like early on in college and even now, and I'm in my life, I've been very built up by my Protestant brothers, yeah. um, who have challenged me in my faith in ways that uh, the Catholics around me weren't challenging me. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not all. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of nuance in it. Not every. It's not everybody's getting this ideal situation where they're just surrounded by faithful Catholics, mm-hmm. and so there is kind of this this idea where, yeah, I mean, if you've got somebody, I mean, we just need people in general who are calling us to be better people. And I think something maybe if you're listening to this, thinking like, okay, like. Like I think of some of the people I know who are young adults working in cities who don't have a lot of faith community, um, but they recognize that they want that community. Odds are the people you know that like you know go to church or um, you know people at your church even who you don't know they're looking for community too, whether they know yep. it or not. So I I guess I would challenge you to take that next step and initiate a conversation where like that could be as simple as hey like you want to grab coffee and. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for more church community. Would you mm-hmm. mind meeting with me and talking about some stuff? Yeah, I don't know, something like that. I think that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a it can be definitely difficult to find authentic fellowship in in a lot of the a lot of this the working world. But. And there's no real like guidebook to it. There's no like perfect way to do it. But I think it is something that's essential for our faith. Yeah, uh, and I think it's cool to kind of start with that what we talked about last week with the apostles teaching and from that place, like be grounded in your faith and from that place, go and make fellowship in your faith. Yeah. Um, which is kind of cool to the order that St. Luke uses when he writes it. Mm-hmm. That is cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of all I got. You got anything else? 
Um, parting words? I don't have a ton. I mean, I guess, you know, you can look at it. Um, I guess, you know, we, we, we are a podcast that likes to pride ourselves on finding the, the, the intersections on faith and sports. Heck yeah. And, and I don't know if we had found one completely today. We found a little bit of it. Yeah, so really. I was thinking about how um, they, you know, they talk about, so like in, in, in the NFL, actually this is something, I, I'm hoping it, it applies. All of the tight ends a few years ago started doing this thing mm. uh, called tight end university. Mm-hmm. And it's where they all, I mean, all of them are invited, but a bunch of them, like all the big dogs, like Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, uh, Darren Waller, all those guys, um, they're all, they all go to Nashville and they just, they just have basically worked out together and have this little, I don't know, sharing mm-hmm. insights. How do you, you know, how do you do this? How do you do that? Here's how you can run a better route. And it's, and that is like actual fellowship in a football context. Mm-hmm. They are, they're building each other up, helping each other become better at their position. And, and obviously they're competitors. I mean, when it comes, when the whistles are blown on Sunday, I mean, they're not playing for the same team, mm-hmm. but they're building each other up for the betterment of each other, but also the betterment of the sport. And in the same thing is, is we're not really ever competitors in the faith. So this, that's where this analogy breaks down. But we're, we're also called to build each other up for the betterment of each other, but also the betterment for the, the church and the Christ to people at, at large. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's kind of like we need it to sustain. Like you yeah. needed the tight end university makes sense to sustain a level of quality in the NFL, in, in, a, in a league that all these guys love to be a part of. Mm-hmm. And then the same thing is if we love our faith, we want to sustain it as best we can and, and pass it on to generations to come. So, no, that's really yeah. good. Thanks. That was nice. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> TU baby, find your find your tight end university. Come on. Amen, baby. Hey, Rock Chalk Jayhawk, Mordame Eagle. Shout out Kenny. Hit that beat. Kenny, drop it.